um, the biblical guide to worship, right? We come into God's presence, but the question is why? Why are we here? What's the purpose? Amen? And here's the thing. It's important that, you know, you teach kids the importance of why we come to church. Amen? And then uh, teach them about the different aspects of worship. Amen? Uh, and so right here I said the problem, the problem of spiritual insensitivity, right, External religion breeds what? Spiritual insensitivity by making the what? Worshipper oblivious to his real spiritual condition. And, and, and I think that statement is so loaded. Remember where we were. We were in Micah. Amen? We are in Micah chapter 6 last week. And, I, and, and the people were saying, God, how much more do you want from us? What more do you want from us? Right? And then Micah, Micah said, they were doing all, they said, do you want more money? Do you want more sacrifice? What do you want? God said, I don't want all that. What I really want from you is a heart, amen, turned towards me. A heart that's sensitive, amen, to, to me, to my leading and all that kind of stuff, right? And so, so I, I think, you know, if you want to capture this, I think it's a good caption, you know, for, for us to understand, um, that heartless worship, in, to some degree, is offensive to God. All right, so what I'm, what I'm contrasting here is this. When we look at the Old Testament, right, it's a different time, different dispensation. Remember, their way of worship was through the priest and through sacrifice and all this other stuff, right? Our, our way of worship is a lot different. Why? Because Christ has finished the work for us, right? Now we can come into God's presence. And this is why when you come into God's house, you have to ask yourself, what's really going on in my heart this morning? Amen. God, clear anything that may hinder me, amen, from worshiping you. Are you with me? Be be you know, you may have the whole world on your shoulders or you may have just been through something. The, the idea of worship is the fact that when we come, we, are, we have God in us. And so if we come together in spirit and in truth, do you know what can happen in this house? Do you know how, how amazing your breakthrough can happen immediately because you are now in tune with God? Come on, help me somebody. Amen. He says here, he says, verse 18, there's no fear. In what? In love. But perfect love. Amen. So when you come into God's presence, if you love him, you don't have to be afraid of him. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you love him and you what? Listen, worship is, a, is such an amazing thing. But it transcends you. Hallelujah. Beyond what you're going through. Do I have anybody? When you can lift your hands voluntarily, not because you got a gun pointed at you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Not because you're forced to do it. Right? But, saints, I believe that we have to look at worship in such a way, amen, that it begins to transform the worshiper. Amen. How long have we been in church? And watch this. And we, do the, we go through the same routine every week. We do the same thing every week. We do the same thing every week. 
We lift our hands, but watch this. What's the meaning behind it? Amen. We worship in song, but what's the reason behind it? You see, and, and, and the, the point of, of what God was doing, what God was dealing with in, in the book of Isaiah and the book of Micah and then with the children of Israel is the fact that they had lost their love. That's all I'm trying to show you. Amen. Put that, put that, one, that one slide for me, uh, the one I gave you this morning, and, and let's go to Isaiah chapter 1 real quick. Isaiah, Isaiah elaborates, he elaborates, amen, on the danger of vain worship in the first chapter of his prophecy, amen, I think, did we, did, no, we were in Micah last week, right, his logic is flawless, amen, uh, this is what you, you, we call him the prince of the old, the, the prince of the old dispensation preachers, all right, Isaiah was passionate about what he wrote about. But Isaiah was the kind of guy that was in your face. he just tell you like it is, amen. He, just, he didn't beat around the bush. He just said, hey, this is what God wants. Go to Isaiah 1 for me. Somebody begin reading that for me. And we'll, we'll dig through verses 2 and 3 this morning, okay. And so uh, Isaiah now is warning the people. Amen. He's warning the Israelites, amen, about the privileges and the advantages, amen. But also, he was telling them that what you were offering to God was not sufficient. It was not acceptable. Amen. Can you imagine if God was to ask us right now, what you gave me, was it acceptable? Come on, say amen. Don't, 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 don't clam up on me this morning. Amen. Is it acceptable? Is my worship acceptable? Amen. Watch this. What did you say? Keep, somebody read that for me. The vision. <coughs> Uzziah. Jotham. Ahaz. Hezekiah. King of Judah, okay. So Hezekiah was one of the one of the one of the good kings. Amen. All right. And look what he said. What does he say in verse two? He says, "Listen, what? All right, and hear, O what? For the Lord speaks. Sons, I have what? And done what? Uh huh. And what else? The, oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute." <laughs> Pause, pause, right? We think Isaiah is about to say something good. What, what's the problem? Watch this. Put, put my slide back up. They revolted against me. Amen. They turned on me. They were resisting me. They were defying me. Amen. And in order to demonstrate the absurdity of their worship and their attitude and behavior before God, Isaiah now is using animals to show that the animals were more loyal to God, to their owner than the people to God. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. And what? No, verse 3. Knows it's what? And a what? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Watch this. Although their involvement in ritual 
gave the impression that they were drawing near to the Lord, the opposite was in fact true. And what? What does God know, y'all? He knows our hearts. The beauty about God is you could tell, you could interview real well, but God knows our hearts. He knows what we're harboring. He knows if there's anything that's impeding your worship. Amen. And that's what God was saying to these people. He was saying, hold on. An ox knows its owner and a donkey its what? Master's manger. Watch this. What? But what? But what? Israel does not what? My people do not what? Watch this. The dullness of these animals that he, come on, y'all, that he contrasts. Do you think God really wanted to call them out like this? But God was calling them out because they were what? They had a whole lot of rituals, but in their hearts. See, I don't want you to be that kind of worshiper. I want you to be the kind of worshiper that, yes, if you come in here with a heavy heart, you're able to come to the altar and pray about it, and you're able to release whatever it was, amen, that's in your heart so that you can truly give God worship and praise this morning. What is worship all about? It's about God. It ain't about us. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. The Hebrew concept here, amen, of knowing. He says, he says, and the, he says, he says, look, but Israel does not know. Amen. Whereas a dumb ox and a donkey never fail to know their owner or watch this, or the place, amen, where they live, Israel failed to know. What did they fail to know? They failed to know what? How sovereign God is. How great he is. Amen. And can I say this to somebody? They did not acknowledge him as Lord and Master anymore. Why? Because they were being influenced by the culture. There were all types of gods and all kinds of false religion around them that they were being they were being attracted to these things and they were leaving the Lord who brought them out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. See, oftentimes it's easy for us to forget. Amen. Where the Lord has brought us from. Amen. Look at verse three. Verse three is powerful. He says, but Israel does not know my people do not what? Understand. Amen. And so give me my next, my next slide. What do I have there? Give me something. Bring it on up there. There it is. Israel's ignorance consisted in the failure both to what? Acknowledge the Lord as what? And to what? Recognize him as the what? As the source and sustainer of life. You ought to write that down. Take a picture of it somewhere. The question I have for you is, who's sustaining you? Who's holding you up? Who's the source of your strength? But can I ask this question? How did they get there? How did they stray away from the path. What happens to us, y'all? We can talk. We can talk. Let's talk. What do you think happened to them? 
kind of gave you a clue earlier, but what do you think happens to us? That our worship and, and, and we stop remembering the source and the sustainer of our lives. What do you think happens? Huh? Being influenced by the culture, society. We go back to the world. How about the world coming into the church? Influencing the church. And so that's why a, a congregation like ours, you know, we, we want to track a whole lot because, amen, because we may not have a whole lot of what the world is trying to get us to have. You, you understand what I'm saying? We, want, we really want to worship God. And, and so, we, you know, here's the thing. If some of these worship settings that I see, it, it almost looks like a concert. You see, it almost looks like God is not in there somewhere, you know? And, and oftentimes, you know, it's not so much about the music, it's about the worshipers. It's about the who? The worshipers. What you give back to God, you have an opportunity this morning. Amen? But the question is, what caused their spiritual insensitivity? We're talking about it, right? Anybody else? What else do you think? What else you think that caused them to forget? You know, like you know, an ox doesn't forget. Well, you know what God was. Show, you know what the writer was showing there: the loyalty of his people, of, of the animal, and the people had lost their loyalty to God. What else? What else do you think can impede? Oh, we're getting to that. Amen. Sin can cause it. What else? What else? Idolatry, okay, all right. Putting other things before God, having other gods, right? God replacements, amen. But how about this? How about the God you imagine is not the God of the Bible? Amen. The God that you really worship is not the one found in these pages. Look at verse 3, look at verse 4. So, verse 4, in a worst-case scenario, it illustrates how far the distance can be between God and those who professionally, I'm sorry, through profession, amen, is worshiping him. In other words, I'm saying it, but I'm heading in the wrong direction. I'm heading in another direction. I'm professing that I believe. I'm professing that I love you. I'm professing that I praise you. I'm professing that I give you glory. But my heart is not heading that direction. You know why? Because the world has sucked me in. Read it for me. Verse 4. Uh-oh. So, so what's the first thing that got them? What's, what's, what's the first thing that, that got them? Huh? Their spiritual ignorance and insensitivity was related to their depraved condition and behavior. Amen. Piling up. Amen. He says what? Alas, O oh sinful na nation, I'm going I'm to deal with each one of these. People weighed down with what? Offsprings of what? Sons 
who act what? They have what? Hey! They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away. That's just one verse. Come on, y'all. There's a sevenfold combination here. <laughs> Seven things. Amen. Watch this. Religion, though, can make a person oblivious to their sins. Write that down somewhere. Religion can make you think you're right. Amen. And everybody else is wrong. You know what I mean by religion, right? What do I mean by religion? Anybody know what I mean by religion? Say it again. Legalistic. What else? What do I mean by religion? Rituals. Just coming to church on Sunday. That's a, that's a ritual, right? But the rest of the week, we're living. But on Sunday, we back to. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. I feel the spirit. Come on, help me. How many you been there before? where you were just going through the routine. Come on, we all guilty of that. Come on, right, that's right. Come on, now you're just going through the motion. You, I got kids that raised up in the house knowing God, but they had to come to a point where they had to have their own relationship with God because this is what you call an individual journey. And either your kids are going to worship God or the world. Are you with me? But we had to raise them in such a way where they come, they had to they had to go through some stuff. Come on, help me. And that's what Isaiah was saying. Y'all been through some stuff. But notice even, can I say this? Can I say that? This is a tough passage, but can I say this? Even with God's rebuke, he still calls them sons. Remember this, you never lose the family relationship. But God wants us to reevaluate how we come into his presence. Are you with me? Amen. Listen, their involvement in ritual gave them the impression. They want to write. Is that, is that, I have one of that slide on. It gave them the impression that they were drawing near to the Lord. Religion can cause you to think that you're getting closer to God. But God wants a relationship with you and I. Tell your neighbor he wants a relationship. Listen, he wants that relationship to be so thick. He wants that relationship to be so real. Amen. Watch this. Israel's ignorance. That, did we read that? Well, go to the next one for me. Since true worship flows from the knowledge of God, it follows that improper thinking of who? God contaminates and what? Invalidates whoo, Lord have mercy. I, whoo, Lord. I'm saying, whoo, Lord. I don't know how heavy that was to you. Now, here's the thing. You shouldn't even be convicted because, you know, you're here, right? But here's the point, what I'm trying to say, right? He says, 
since true worship flows from the knowledge of God, it follows that improper thinking about God. How you think about God, and that's what God was saying there. Yo, y'all are thinking crazy about me. You know how they saw God? Boom, hammer, boom, hammer. This is why I'm saying to you that your, your concept of God. You know, you know where your kids get a concept of God? Through you. Amen. So if we just praying to God when things get bad, but when things are good, we just doing everything else but praying, then that's their concept of God. But you and I had had to come one point in our lives to a realization. Come on, somebody. That God is real. Amen. And then you had you had your own experience. But I believe that I believe this that our thinking of God can mess with our worship. Because there was uh, you know, we just we just coming we're just doing this thing. Amen. So what's the first thing that they 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 had a problem with? Verse four. Sin. All right? Uh Listen, they were religion. Religion, ironically, can make the person oblivious to sin. But it cannot solve. You ready for this? It cannot solve the sin problem. <laughs> Only Jesus can solve the sin problem. So a person, you can't where I'm going with this. So a person, like, like, like people in certain denominations, okay? Oh, boy, here I go. They think that. Going to church, lighting a candle, I ain't going to call their name, saying a hundred Hail Marys, I'm sorry, you know, that that fixes their sin or confessing to a priest or praying to Mary. But that's not what forgives your sins. Jesus forgives your sins. And so the people needed to know that, hey, the problem, y'all, is the sin in your life is causing you to, watch this, to not worship God, amen, properly. What's the next thing? The second thing, amen. They, the people weighed down with what? Iniquity. The second thing is that they provoke the Holy One of Israel to anger. God is upset. They provoked him. Amen. Look, look, look what it says. It says, the people weighed down with iniquity, uh, offsprings of evildoers, sons who act what? Uh-huh. And then what? And they abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned aside from him. Man, can I ask you something? What did God do? Third thing they did is they turned their backs on God. They abandoned God, but they turned their backs on God. Give me that next slide for me. Give me the next slide. <sighs> that one? All right. Uh, although Isaiah 1-4 is the worst case scenario. Look at verse 4 real quick. Yeah, Isaiah 1-4, which is 
is the worst case scenario. It illustrates, watch this, how far the distance can be between who? Between God and who? Think about that for a minute. In their eyes, can, you ever been there where you think you're doing right, but you're really doing wrong? But then you justify your right as wrong? Amen. And you you like, you really think you're doing something, but you're really doing the opposite? Amen. And then when somebody come to tell you something, you're like, no, nah, nah, I ain't wrong. I'm right. So like, I got a question. What do you think God feels about our worship? Huh? Nobody want to ask. Amen. Do Do you think he's pleased? Do you think we can improve? Oh, okay, let me let me let me help help y'all. Do you think we can improve a little bit? How many believe you can improve a little bit? Amen. How How many of you believe that maybe watch this? Maybe there's some religious residue. In your heart, out of routine, because this is the way we've been doing it for what? A long time. Are you following me? Watch this. The sin was a way of life for them. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Their purpose as a nation was the fact that they were set apart as God's special possession, and they were considered as holy people. But tragically, here's the thing, tragically, they were constantly missing the mark. Now, let me say this. You know what sin is? Sin means to miss the mark. That's all, that's all it means. It, it means that you're missing the mark. In other words, you're shooting at something different. You're not shooting at what God says. You're not aiming at the right thing. So you keep missing the mark. You keep missing the mark. Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 18. What does it say? My goodness. Any questions? Huh? No? 26, I'm sorry, 26 and 18. I don't know what's wrong with you. Twenty six eighteen. I mean twenty six eighteen, yes. And the Lord has what? Uh-huh. A treasured what? See how much he loves you? This is Deuteronomy, but watch this. This is written then. Then they go through this wilderness experience, right? Then they go into the land of promise. Then they turn on God. Forgetting that they are God's what? Treasured possession. Read it for me. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. Now, my question is this. He said he will set them higher than all the nations 
But when they go into Canaan and these different places, they were contaminated by all these nations because they forgot who they were. See, let's, can I say something? When God gives you a revelation about yourself, it may not happen for a long time because you're probably not mature enough to receive or change just yet. And oftentimes, that's the problem with most of us. We are growing spiritually, but emotionally we're babies. Come on, help me now. And that constitutes religion. So what God wants to do, God wants to deal not only with your spiritual growth, but he wants to deal with your emotional growth. Amen. But oftentimes, we forget the promises that he has given us, and then we're going down, doing our lives, but watch this, we forget how precious we are to him. Is that, is that, does that encourage you? Does that make sense? And that's what they did. He says, you will be set high and above all nations. For what? For praise. Fame. And what? And that you shall be a what? Consecrated people. You know what consecrated means? Set apart. Holy. But when you go to Isaiah, what do you see? Huh? The total opposite, right? It's like, Dag, what happened? I told you that I'm I'm called you, I've set you apart to be consecrated. Listen, you can't be everywhere. You can't get involved in everything. Amen. But watch this. But people justify. Oh, I was at the club last night. But I'm going to church in the morning for sure. I ain't going to miss church. And that's primarily how we became religious. Because we justified, amen, what we were doing and then say, well, 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 well you know, this is what we did. And then after a while, we said, you know what? No, nah, I ain't going no more because now I feel like a hypocrite. Hold on a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Amen. See, God, if you know who you are in Christ, you will rise. He says, a consecrated people to the Lord your God as he has what? Spoken. Amen. Tragically, they kept missing the mark. Second, I, I gave you that, right? I gave, okay, so let's go back here to Isaiah. Back to, back, to, back to this scripture here, verse 4, verse 5. But, but, but there's some other things here I see. I see that sin was a way of life for them. Second, they were a group whose common attribute was to do evil. That's why he says here in verse 4, an offspring of evildoers. You see what I'm saying? In other words, they had made, they had a seed of evil doing. The seed of evil had been planted in them. Amen. They were guilty of disorderly conduct. Amen. Look what it says. They abandoned the Lord. They were a class of people who perpetually sinned against God, self, and society. In other words, they were rebellious. 
Amen. But watch this. But they were unapologetic about it. But then they would come before God and say, okay, God, I love you. You you getting the picture now? And so what God is really trying to tell us is, listen, we have to really check our hearts. Go to that next slide for me. Give me that next one. Amen. What we got? Somebody read that for me. All together. Now, notice I put that in quotation. Worshippers. Okay? You getting the picture? We can be actually alienated from God. And what? Active in sin. And confirmed in guilt. Religion. Is that powerful? Back up to the last slide. I want to show you something. Check out these words. No, 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 the the one before that. How far, no, the one with the script, is that the one with the script? Okay, yeah. Watch this. It illustrates how far the distance can be between God and those who what? First is distance. Now go back to the, the slide I was at. Watch this. And now he says what? Worshippers can actuality be what? So that you could be distant from God, distant from God, alienated from God, and still the devil will have you thinking that you're right before him. That's deep. Because I've seen, that's why the world ain't coming to church. Seriously, that's why people, you know, people who want to come to church sometimes, they don't, because what they see in the life of the worshiper, they're saying, no, that don't match up. You know, my walk and my talk don't match up. And some people in church are so religious, but they're mean. See what I'm saying? They're ugly. They're bitter. And that constitutes their emotional condition. Their religion, they know the Bible, left, right, front, center. But in all actuality, emotionally, they're not changing. See, what I want to tell you this as I close. I got one more slide. How many more slides I got? Two more? Put that other one up there right quick. Yeah, I know my time's up. Read that. I know this one is smaller because I'm trying to get it all on there. Somebody read that. The callousness. Yes. Go ahead, anybody. Stop right there. You done whooped them, but they still doing the same thing. That's what God was doing here with the people, with his children. He was whooping them, and guess what they were doing? They were like, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. 
that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. That's why they, they got Fly and Micah and said, you know what? Uh, what, you want me to bring more offering to you? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Now, they got real rude. Read on. <laughs> Let, listen, can I ask you something? How much can you take? Because can I tell you this? God can wait you out. Tell your neighbor your arms are too short to box with him. And he will wait you out until you change. Oh, yeah, you keep going. Keep, keep going. Keep, go ahead. God was frustrated. He really was. And that's why he had Isaiah. Look at verse 5. Where will you be stricken again? See? See? That's whooping. As you continue in your what? Verse 5. In your what? All right? The whole head is what? And the whole heart is what? He said, you got a head problem and a heart problem. You're sick. And your heart is sick. Put that next slide up for me. All the religion in the world is not the remedy. In fact, heartless religion was a chief contributor to the problem. So I said all this. We stayed in three verses. Let me ask you this question now. What are you going to take away today? Because we, you know, I want to hear from you. What are you going to take away today? Okay. Fix your heart and mind so it can align with God. Anybody else? What you taking away? Let go of tradition and what? Religion and follow God wholeheartedly. All right, this side's doing good. What about these pontificus folk on this side? Uh-huh, look up that word. What about y'all? <laughs> Not to be like that stubborn child. All right, now let's relate this now to your worship this morning. How are you going to apply that to your worship this morning? Remembering why you're worshiping? No, who? Who? Who you're worshiping? The purpose of worship, right? Because if you don't keep that in your mind, then you're just going through what? A religious routine. And I want you all as a church, our church, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship. I mean, I'm talking about a hands-down relationship where when you come here, you're happy. Amen. To just be in his presence, you're transformed 
Amen. From everything that you were going through last week, everything you've been through this month, all this other stuff, but you could come into his presence and worship him. Amen. Unhindered because you understand that you're doing it for real. I got one more. Yeah. Perpetual sin against God, self, and society. That's what their problem was. Not the behavior you might expect. And I want, want you know, what, you know, when you get on the phone with people, when you go to work and all this other stuff, ask yourself a question. Is that what God would expect from you as a worshiper? Oh, that's okay. 